Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to God is Gray, the podcast. Although I, as a Christian, believe that God resides in absolute truth, in black and white, we as people are stuck here on planet Earth contending with the gray. In church, gray areas often cause dissension, anger, and even hate. But on this platform, I welcome open dialogue, variety of opinion, and differing belief systems. God is Gray is meant to teach, inform, and simply trade stories with kindness, love, and mutual respect. If you have a story or perspective to share, please reach me, Brenda Marie Davies, at GodIsGrayXO at gmail.com. To support the cause and be a part of our community, donate to patreon.com slash gray. Now, on to the episode. Hi, beautiful people. Today I'm talking to my friend, Astasia Christensen. We are sitting in her bed in Bend, Oregon, um, on her wonderful farm and her house. And she has three sister goats outside that are beautiful and amazing, and a pen full of chickens, and a house full of <laughs> house full of children <laughs> a house full humans of children. <laughs> humankind and i really wanted to interview astasia for a long time actually because the last time we connected here in bend was like three or four years ago yeah i think so but i was really struck because i've always been fascinated by the subject of sex ed obviously i hadn't started god is gray yet um, but I was writing a book that I hope to bring to you guys soon. You better. Yeah, I want a signed copy. <clears throat> I know. I, I can get you that. <laughs> um, but I was asking her cause she has four kids and her oldest who's 22 years old now is so level headed. And so I could just tell they're all like respectful of their bodies and they have a good understanding of sexual health. And mm -hmm. she's so confident as a mother in ways that she presents these subjects. And I was like, when do you start talking to your kids about sex? And how does that conversation go? Do you remember what you said? Uh, immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that there is – I don't know if I've said this to you, but this is always my, um, my theory is that you start speaking to them as soon as you can mm -hmm. and you keep bringing it up and there are – different kinds of conversations for different ages yeah so you're talking about maybe the body parts first and then at the next stage maybe you're talking about um i don't know how those body parts feel or how it makes you feel to touch yourself and how maybe you should do that in your own space and mm -hmm. you know then you're talking about sex and then you're talking about sex again and again at 10 and 11 and 12 and 13 yeah. because the conversation constantly changes yeah and i that's exactly what you said to me and i loved that answer because i was like wow that's exactly right and i've been researching more about how problematic and terrible and ineffective our programs in america are especially you know abstinence only education which is a disaster mm. <laughs> every statistic proves that you know it brings higher pregnancy rates higher stds higher abortion rates whereas in somewhere like 
the where is it like Sweden or the Netherlands mm-hmm. um they have the lowest rates of all these things because they actually practice exactly what Astasia just um intuitively knew to do which is having these conversations from a young age that just constantly evolve throughout their lives to accommodate their new knowledge and like mm-hmm. where they're at and what they're ready to hear mm-hmm. so I think it's an important thing to say too it's like you're not inundating a four-year-old with the act of sex you're telling them what they can you know hear at that moment what's appropriate right so I wanted to go on a little journey with Astasia and I'm so curious about it too because I didn't get too many details last time but she currently has a set of twins that are four four and a half yep four and a half a boy and a girl Mm -hmm. which is great because now we're throwing a boy in Mm -hmm. she (laughs) has yeah and that's uh Cove and Maisie Mm mm-hmm and then next we have Arrow, and she is ten. Ten, and then we have Kada, mm-hmm. who's twenty-two. Correct. So you are actually <laughs> actively in three completely different phases of sex education with yes. your children. Yes, <laughs> and hopefully getting better at it. But also, I'm tired. <laughs> right, and we really want to talk. I'm going to go from oldest to youngest because also there's been such an evolution in our culture of what kids are understanding so even with the advent of smartphones and and gender fluidity and all these different things you didn't have to worry about those I imagine with Kata and now with a four and a half year old you do Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so let's start with the eldest Mm -hmm. (laughs) the queen um you had Kata when you were how old 19 years old and was it a planned pregnancy? Hell no. <laughs> Thank you for asking, Matt. <laughs> um, care to share those details a little bit? Um, yeah, it was my high school sweetheart. And we... also include your sex education a little. I wonder oh, know, gosh, how my, you got there. My sex education, despite being raised by a, a you know, a, a sort of free loving, like one of the original hippies of the sixties um woman. Um, who was a nomad and, you know, lived the life of whatever hippie meant back in the day. Um, she didn't really teach me that much. Mm-hmm. She really didn't talk about it. It was actually pretty shameful, even though I wasn't and we weren't religious or anything. Um, if anything, it was like, oh, shh, we don't talk about that. Well, um, So, yeah, when I started my period, I didn't really know much about it. My best friend walked me through it. I didn't tell my mom that I started my period, I think, for maybe almost a year well yeah so we don't really talk about it um yeah there's a lot there that's a whole <laughs> another interview <laughs> okay well I think it's really interesting because then you know well first let's get into your virginity mm-hmm. so you were how old when you lost your virginity I was 16 did you feel that shame around it or did you have a more like instinctual I didn't really I didn't really feel a, a total shame around it at the time all of my girlfriends had lost their virginity and I was just like I got to do this I had to get this over with oh. This has got to happen. That's crazy. At 16, yeah. I was like, I'm just glad I have my period. I mean, <laughs> I don't know why I felt it was almost 17, I will say. But I don't know why I felt like, you know, I just felt like I needed to get over with. That was my feeling. Mm, okay. Gotcha. I felt that, but I was 22. Right. That's, <laughs> I mean, you know, I was going to say amazing, but I guess that's also it's shameful. More... That's the built-in shame, right? Like, why oh, yeah. is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why is that amazing and my story isn't? <laughs> no, totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and it was shame that caused me to wait so long, mm-hmm, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, there's positives and negatives to both. You don't want to feel the pressure right. to do it just because all your friends are doing it. No, and it's like, what is the right... Like, I want to lose my virginity for the right reason to someone special. Like, is it possible to connect to someone that special at that age? Yeah, like, at, how, special know, how special is this 16-year-old? special... And no, I I didn't. I just kind of chose someone who was obsessed with me and was like, "All right, you." Oh wow, let's okay. do this. <laughs> <laughs> and then Kada, how did that come about? Um, and so Kada, yeah. So I was with my high school sweetheart, and um, we were sort of off and on since uh, sophomore year, and um, and then we after high school, uh, I wanted to move to Seattle because I was a little. California girl at heart, but I lived in the country for years and I just felt like I belonged in the city, but I wanted to stay in the Northwest. So my best friend and I decided we were going to move to Seattle as soon as high school got out. We did. And my boyfriend, Kata's dad, followed me. So we all got a house together. Not creepily, I hope. No, 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 (laughs) no. It was sort of begrudgingly, but you know. Okay, so your boyfriend followed you guys mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> with your permission yes. to Seattle. You guys yes. got on the lease. Yeah. And then um, how did you get pregnant with Kata? Um, I had sex. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I had unprotected sex. And I I was on the pill. However, I was quite irresponsible in remembering to take it daily. So there were many times where I would skip a day or two and have to double up on the next couple of days, which later on in life I learned is not really that effective. Yeah. Um, and so other than that, but we did pull out also. Mm-hmm. So there's basically a combo of human error there. <laughs> right. um, it's a perfect storm. And pull out method, I'm assuming we agree. Doesn't is, work. <laughs> yeah. It's like Russian roulette yes. with sperm yes and there are definitely ways that you can i think that can work Mm -hmm. to a certain extent but statistically you are playing some russian roulette with your fertility when you're using pull out only yeah um that doesn't include nfp which Mm -hmm. i do know some people successfully do but you have to be vigilant you can't be the kind of girl that's skipping pills you can't be the kind of Mm -hmm. girl that is forgetting to track your temperature it's all hard work which when you're young it's like how responsible can you be i don't know i was really responsible okay (laughs) (laughs) actually yeah i get i get that i wasn't but i i i relate to that in the sense that kata also is that person so and you know what like just know yourself right if you know you're not that kind of person that's going to be, like, vigilant about, you know, whatever. And you have to find birth control that works for you. Mm-hmm. Unless you are open to being pregnant, in which case you are running the risk. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think the pull-out method is all about, like, I'm, I'm okay if I get pregnant, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> which most, some people are not. No. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to put a better plan of action. <laughs> right. So when you found out, was there ever a question of terminating the pregnancy or... There wasn't. Um, we had talked about it uh, before, just thinking, you know, being in a relationship, thinking like, oh, what if I got pregnant? You know, what would we do? And um, he came from a pretty old, old-fashioned old Midwest family. Um, yes, Christian. I wouldn't say super strict Christian, but Christian enough to where abortion was not. Right. It's not okay. 
And for me, even though I didn't come from that religious background, I also, something in me always wanted to be a mom. Mm. I, I don't know why. I, I just, I don't remember ever thinking that I wasn't going to be a mom. Right. And so I was like, yeah, I don't want to, but if that happens, then, you know, I'm following through. Okay. And you loved being a mom? Well, <laughs> <laughs> yes and no. I mean, it was, it was, it was so dreamy in so many aspects. Um, there wasn't a time, like I said, that I was like, I don't want this path. Um, but... It was hard, and I had postpartum depression big time, so. Mm, okay. Yeah, so in a nutshell, yes, I loved being a mom. Also, it didn't come naturally to me like I thought it would. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. that's real. How long did you guys stay together? I think that we separated when Kata was about a year and a half. Okay. Before she was two, I think, or mm-hmm. before her second birthday, actually, I think. So then fast forward, because I'm really just concerned with your educating her. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So now that you are older and wiser, Mm -hmm. did you like still at that point have the instinct to know to talk to her about sexuality or body parts or whatever in an early stage or? I think as I would say uh, up until she was five years old, I don't think that I gave it much thought or attention or knew what to do, except that, that fear that every probably woman has where you don't want to leave your daughter alone with any man. Like it was that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? The whole, you know, I think that's all we thought that maybe molestation was, was either an uncle or like a family friend, you know, yeah. molesting your daughter. So that was like something you wanted to avoid. Other than that, I didn't really give much thought to sex education until after she was like five, six years old. I mean, that's still much sooner than the average parent thinks I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I guess it was always always my instinct to just be honest and tell it like it is. Did you ever have the conscious thought that you didn't want to be like your mother in this area? That you like, you did. Okay. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Because I think that too. I love my parents so much, but they did (laughs) the worst job with sex education. Yeah. I mean, I think they were just relying as most or a lot of parents do on the education system to educate their kids on sex. But meanwhile, like I said, in America specifically, it's such a disaster. You actually cannot rely on your school for taking over. Parents have to do it. No, I don't know why we think that that's even an option. There is a Christian woman that drives me insane. She's called the activist mommy. And <laughs> Horrible she, name. <laughs> I know, right? She's not aggressive at all. She doesn't want to speak to the manager. Like, oh, my mm-hmm. God. Okay. But uh, she is advocating, a, like, anti-sex ed. Mm-hmm. She wants it, like, out of schools. And she put up this terrible post that was, like, we created um, the need for abortion by pushing sex ed on our children. I just don't get it because I think sex ed is so, um, it's pretty scientific. I mean, from my kid's point of view, from what they report back to me or, you know, what my now 22 year old then reported back to me and what my 10 year old has reported back to me is just, it's pretty fucking scientific. Yeah. It's really not much. And it just actually just creates more questions at home, which is great. So if you want to be responsible for, you know, talking to your kids about sex ed, then... 
I think that's a great conversation starter. Well, I started my sex ed at school at 17 years old, senior year, and there was two pregnant girls in my class. <laughs> and my friend Grace Baldridge, she does work like really similar to mine. She has an amazing show on Refinery29 called State of Grace. And she went to Alabama to investigate sex ed. And she was trying to get an interview and she called a high school and said, like, she was like, hi, can I talk to whoever runs your sex ed you know, education program? And the woman goes, um, ma'am, you're calling a school. Do you mean to call a school? And she's like, um, yes, I was inquiring about your sex ed program. And she was like, you, you have the wrong number. Like it was, and I was like, oh my gosh, they think it's inappropriate at a school right. to be educating right. children on the most important aspect especially in that state where they're making it such a huge issue yeah it's wild I mean if we're going to talk about like you know if you're going to talk about any sort of anatomy pre-anatomy in high school I mean you're going to talk about the GI system why wouldn't you talk about the reproductive system I know it's crazy yeah um one thing I will say is I've learned like in the Netherlands even they talk about body parts, but even more so than the logistics of them, they start with pleasure. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned, like, did you, what was your first conversation like with Kata? Do you remember? Was it both of those um, things? I don't remember what the first part was, but like I said, I'd kind of, you know, I had the conversation in stages. So it started just by talking about body parts and... You know, I mean, it goes on from there. At first, and you, you need told to... her about the boy body parts too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boys have penises, girls have vaginas. No big deal. Yeah, we both have ears. You know, every, mm-hmm. you know, there are tons of other things that we share, and then a couple things are different. First of all, you're just like you have a vagina. Period. Mm-hmm. Fact. Uh, it's for you, and it and it's for you only. Don't let anybody else touch it. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. on and so forth. Oh, you're touching it. That feels good to you. Great. There's a t- there's a place for that. You have your room. You have your private area. Like, you know. Is that something you found out she was doing or you just get a certain age and you assume that's on the table? I think that, yeah, do you mean like when I felt like that was appropriate to yeah. say about mm-hmm. like self-pleasure yeah. and such? I think that is per kid. Talking to my other uh, friends that are parents – Every kid is different. I didn't really have to have the self-pleasure conversation with Kata, with Maisie, my four-and-a-half-year-old. She can't keep her hands off of herself since she was, you know, a baby. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then you meet your wonderful husband, Aaron, Mm -hmm. when she's around 10 years old. Mm -hmm. What's this awkward moment? So the awkward moment is that Aaron and I are dating, but I'm playing it super cool, and... Uh, trying to play it slow. So basically we're like friends. Mm-hmm. We didn't make out in front of Kata. He never spent the night when, you know, I shared custody with her dad. And he, ne- he never spent the night when I had Kata. Um, and then, yeah, our first overnight was we went to the coast, uh, myself, Aaron, and Kata. And I, it was a one bedroom. And we were all hanging out watching a movie. And then I set her up. There was a... Um, I like a sleeper sofa in the living room and I said, okay, we're going to set you up with this movie and you're going to sleep in here. And she was like, what? I'm sleeping with you. And, uh-huh. and I was like, no, I'm actually, I'm going to, you know, go sleep with Aaron. And she was like, no, I'm, no, you're not. And got really, really upset. And eventually, um, 
stormed off into the one bedroom and slammed the door. She took over the bedroom that you were supposed to sleep in? Yeah. Oh, no. She went in there. (laughs) I don't know if she was crying at this point or not. But, yeah, she definitely went in there and slammed the door. And, uh, yeah, so I went in there and I said, hey, what's going on? You know, figuring, you know, she's feeling jealous, competitive, this and that. So I sat down in the bed with her. She was like, you know, I just, if you sleep in the same bed, then you're going to kiss. And then you're going to have a baby. And then you're going to forget about me. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was just like, oh, man. Thank God she articulated that, though. The dot like, to dots here. <laughs> There's so much missing, though. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I had to be like, you that know. That basically sounds like Christian's exit. Yes. <laughs> and the thing is, I, I had this moment with myself where I was like, wait, what? We've talked about this. Yeah. Like, I don't understand how kissing to having a baby, like, where's the in-between? And that's the thing. Like, I realized at that point that I think I had skipped a good amount of time of addressing it because it didn't mm. come up naturally or, you know, whatever it was. Right. And and I said, wait, what? <laughs> like, is that is that what you think that kissing makes babies? Like I was just like the whole time I was like, oh my god, I really fucked up. Like how have <laughs> I not had this conversation more recently? And um, you know, she was like, well, no. And I was like, okay, okay, great. And she well, was like, had you had the penis and vagina conversation? We had, but I think it had been a while, okay. a while enough yeah. for her to either forget it. Or possibly maybe she blocked it out from the moment she heard <laughs> yeah. me talking about it. Because that's definitely a real thing. Right. Um, but yeah, she said, okay, so, you know, my friends told me what it is. And I know it's not just kissing. I know that it's when um, a boy sticks his fingers in a girl's vagina. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, my God. I really fucked up. Um, so I was like, okay, well, um, that's that's not it. I don't want you getting information from your friends and I feel like I really let you down and you should be getting information from me and that is not what it is and that is not how babies are made and she she was like oh good thank god I knew it couldn't be that because that is just disgusting <laughs> like I remember this conversation like That's it was yesterday. Amazing. She was just had this look on her face, like, oh, thank God, because that is so gross. I remember hearing that from my friend Angela on the playground and being like, "You, not the fingers, though, the penis." Yeah. And I was like, "That is literally impossible. That is the most disgusting thing I've ever heard in my life, and that is not true." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean. You know, it was, uh, yeah, it was wilder. And then I said, so, okay, well, I just, you know, sit down. Don't be, don't, don't jump ahead of you. Don't be so relieved yet. <laughs> Get wor- it gets worse. So it gets worse. <laughs> I might have even said that. It gets worse. Um, I said, actually, um, and again, I know we'd had these conversations, but it had been a while. There right. had been a major gap in communication with that. So, um, you know, of course, I said the you know the the boy, the boy, the man. <laughs> let's hope the man has a penis, and the woman has a vagina, and the penis inserts into the vagina, and the penis has sperm, and you know whatever. And 
her whole face is just white as a ghost. Like she had seen a dead person (laughs) and she has tears coming out of her eyes and she's like not speaking. I'm like, are you okay? I know. I know it's really, you know, it seems probably so weird to you. And she just said her first words to me was like, mom, they pee out of there. (laughs) I was like, I know. I know. And she's like, it's so gross. And I'm like, I know, but you know what? It's not going to be gross when you're an adult. Yeah. You know, and you love someone. She was like, oh my God, no, that's gross. And then a second pass and she was like, you did that with my dad? Because <laughs> we shared custody. I don't think she realized that we'd ever, you know. Yeah. I don't know. You yeah. don't want to put those those nope. pieces together. Nope, you don't. I still don't, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, how did Aaron take all of this? He's like, that's a crash course and... Yeah, I was like, welcome to being a stepdad. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's always handed it, you know, he's just like, whatever. Yeah. Let me know what you're doing. <laughs> Keep me in the loop. That's awesome. Um, okay, so then you have this awkward moment, and then I'm assuming the next phase is when she actually becomes interested mm-hmm. herself. Mm-hmm. What was the next conversation? Um, I think we had many conversations after that, because um, that was kind of a wake-up call for me. And would she bring it up or you or both? I think both. Yeah. yeah. I think both. Um, she would ask a lot of questions after that, which I was really excited about because the best kind of conversation to have with your kid, no matter what you're talking about, is a child-led conversation. Yeah. It's just, it's amazing when they really want you to answer a question. And how do you cultivate that kind of relationship and like comfortability? How do you have your door open in that way? You just talk a lot. I mean, I think that there is, I think I told you this last night, like my advice to new parents is to not listen to advice. Yeah. So my other piece is when people (laughs) ask about, you know, Kada being a young adult because I'm, you know, one of my, I think I'm like maybe one of two friends that have an adult child, um, is that like when they're like, how did you do it? How are you guys so close? And I said, you just talk about everything. You talk until you're blue in the face and sometimes you annoy the shit out of them and sometimes they eat it up and you just don't, you just talk about everything. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes sense. So and then sex there's... is just like sandwiched in yeah. among everything else. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Everything under the sun. Yeah. You know when just... kids say, um, <laughs> oh, my friend said this once that um, when kids are constantly like, why, why, why? It's so annoying. But you just can't let yourself go, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Mm. You have to actually sit there in that moment and answer the why. And then they trust you to answer their questions. Well, you know? Yeah. So I just try really hard to engage in all the whys. And sometimes it's really annoying. (laughs) Yeah. But in the, the, you know, in the big picture, it really uh, creates like a, just a really trusting bond. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great advice. Yeah. So did she end up approaching you and telling you she had a crush or did you know when she was like doing having her first kiss <laughs> or any of that stuff? Well, it's kind of a, um, it's a rare circumstance because what happened is we had a French exchange student, my neighbor across the street, who was my best friend, we encouraged to take on this other exchange student. So I had a girl exchange student. We encouraged her, and she ended up taking on this 
boy exchange student. And um, when Kaden and him met, <laughs> it was like you could see it. I remember you told me the story and they like came off the bus mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you were like, oh, no, yeah. this is a problem. I literally I think Kate <laughs> was like nudging me looking at him and I went, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so there was immediate uh, sort of a chemistry and a connection and it, yeah, we all hung out together. So it was, you know, us with our exchange student, my neighbor. And we would all hang out. And my neighbor actually had to work a lot. So we ended up taking him in a lot. So mm-hmm. I basically would take all the kids and did something with them like every day. And um, yeah, it was just uh, thick in the air. Who <laughs> <laughs> was around them was like, oh, wow, this is, mm-hmm. you're in for it. And uh, yeah, and then her and I talked about it because we have always had a very, um, you know, open line of communication. So, of course, I knew right away from that second first day, you know, she told me. Yeah. She thought he was gorgeous. She had a crush on him, this and that. And, um, yeah, and I was here for it. Like, great. I'm not, you know, I think it was great. I think I was encouraging, mm-hmm. maybe even. Yeah. Like, that's great. You like someone. Like, let's be excited about this. Mm-hmm. You know? Um. Did you have any anxiety or fear of your own? hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So did you base, did you ever express that or did you just kind of like squelch it for the no. sake of being there for the conversation? Mm-hmm. I think I squelched it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I just, I think I just um, forced myself to listen mm, yeah. a lot. Just, you know, just whatever she wanted to talk about, I would just listen. That's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if she asked, if she wants advice, great, you give it. But most of the time they don't really want it. They just want a sounding board. Yeah. And I can't speak as a parent, but I would feel like the best thing you could do is also try to engage in your intuition as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Like if this boy was actually trouble or like Mm -hmm. she was actually in danger of any kind Mm -hmm. to to take a moment to discern, is this my own anxiety of like just not wanting my child to grow up, of worrying about, you know, getting her heart Mm -hmm. broken, et cetera, or is there really like a danger in the air? Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And there didn't feel... You know, there didn't seem to be a danger in the air. I will say that, like, you know. He's French. He's French. <laughs> so. Inherent he, danger. He probably just already had womanized, like, you know, ten women. Yeah. Um, from the time he was 12 years old. Who I knows? know those French boys. Yeah, very yeah. confident. So <laughs> confident. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a little scary. But also, you know, she liked him. And he liked her. And yeah, why not? So there was one particular evening. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Anyway, I think it was like the night before maybe he was going to go back home, actually. And I had kept saying, I think those last few days, I had, I had kept saying, like, listen, if something happens, like, here's the condoms. Uh, here's all the education. You know, we really talked about it. I said, hey, if you're going to do something, you know, they they would like go down the street and make out mm-hmm. and I basically remember being like please don't have sex like in the bushes in our neighborhood <laughs> <laughs> I just like they would go out and make out behind the car in our driveway and I'm just like you know I just felt like kids don't have a safe space yeah so backtracking I lost my virginity actually in a park right because there's nowhere else to do it yeah you know and so I just didn't want 
that for her. So what happened is that I basically, uh, Kada and this boy would spend, you know, night in, evenings together into the night talking, making out, whatever it is they were doing. And um, that last night I was like, you know, I just knew it mm-hmm. was going to come to fruition. I just knew this was the last chance, right? He's going back to France. I'm just like, this is when it's going to happen. And I don't want them doing it in a suburban neighborhood behind someone's fucking house. Like, I just, you know, yeah. I just didn't want it to be like that. So I had told my friend across the street, hey, let's just give them both permission for Kata to spend the night over there. Wow. And mm-hmm. just make it a thing. Like, whatever happens, it's okay. If you want to spend the night, go for it. It's so weird. <laughs> Basically help orchestrate my daughter losing her <laughs> Right. Um, yeah, so she had condoms. My friend also put extra condoms, like, I think on the nightstand so that, like, oh my you know, gosh. the French boy, like, knew that <laughs> it was, it's so weird. Oh, my gosh. It's very you not personal. <laughs> I know. It's so sick. But we also, that's the thing. We knew everybody around them knew it was going to happen so it's like the very least we could do was give them a safe space yeah with this right safe tools it's such a wild decision i was talking to my boyfriend about it last night yeah. i was telling him about you before this conversation i was just like how how would you navigate that as a parent like do you just let them exactly if you like you know you're not going to be able to stop someone from doing something, the most you can do. And I'm assuming you led up to all of this also with teaching her to value her body Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like, you know, your body is a temple, you're... Don't do anything you don't want to do. Yeah, consent, Mm -hmm. all of those things. And we can get into that more too. Mm -hmm. But like when it comes to a head Mm -hmm. and it is what it is, do you provide that space? Right, and you have to realize, and I knew from personal experience, it doesn't matter how much you keep your kids under lock and key right unless you literally have them chained up in a closet (laughs) yeah you cannot prevent them from at some point making their own choices with their own body and possibly maybe you shouldn't you know yeah i mean at what age is your body your body Mm Hmm. yeah it's wild yeah and I, I don't know until I like cross that bridge how mm-hmm. I would how I would do it myself. Mm-hmm. So as we were talking about too, does the does the kid do they get to have sleepovers if they have a boyfriend mm-hmm. when they're seventeen years old or whatever? Mm-hmm. Are they allowed to just be in the house? And I know a lot of parents that do do that. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Yeah, I still don't know. I'm about to go through it. You know, a few more times. Right. Exactly. I think it's a kid by kid basis. So I'm not like, oh, I did this right. You know, I did this one way and it turned out like this and she's not pregnant or dead or in prison. So, like, obviously that was successful. I don't really think like that. I think Arrow is a different human and yeah. I will cross that bridge when I come to it. So, yeah. Same thing. So let's start with Arrow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good segue. She is, wait, 10 you said. 10. Um, so this time around, because there is so much space between her and Kata, mm-hmm. Did you start the conversation earlier? Yeah. So how did, so it was the same conversation just at an earlier age? Uh, it was, you know, we, yeah, just earlier. Yeah. Basically, I think we talked about body parts earlier. I think we talked about, um, 
you know, your own personal private space to touch your body in the way that you want to. Mm -hmm. I think we talked about that earlier. Um, Definitely have talked about sex earlier. I mean, you know, and more often, I guess. I did think that I talked to Kato about sex enough, but clearly she thought that finger banging meant baby making. (laughs) So... (laughs) And yeah. is that so? Did you feel like you've cultivated? I mean, I watch your interaction with your children, and they all seem very confident and comfortable talking to you. Yeah, they're perfect. I'm perfect. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I mean, it appears Arrow has the same confidence, and that she can walk up to you and ask you any of these questions. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's like a a symbol of nurture over yeah. nature because they have very different natures, but then the nurture made them both feel comfortable talking to you. Yeah, and then the great thing about Arrow is that she has Kata. And so I have told her straight up, if there's something you don't want to talk to me about, please talk to your sister. Yeah, that's And awesome. just know that you can trust her and she does not have to tell me anything. And they do. They have secrets and Kata knows stuff about Arrow that I don't know as long as it's Kata knows the drill as long as it's not harmful yeah. to her or to anyone else that they're allowed to have those. And I trust Kata to give her the right advice. That's awesome. And so it's feels really awesome to have a whole nother adult to count on and to trust and to confide in and Mm. you know that has your back and yeah yeah so I back up so that's cool (laughs) yeah that's amazing that's like a little cheat yeah it is um does Aaron get involved because now Arrow is Aaron's child as Mm -hmm. well so does he take part in these conversations oh not really no (laughs) no I would say he pretty much I would say he pretty much hands that off to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're so good at it. I'll catch him up on it. But yeah, it's just not his, you know, jurisdiction. Right. So, and that's fine. I know. I wonder how parents have to handle it if, you know, because I can tell it does come so naturally to you that it's, Mm -hmm. and I know it's going to come naturally to me Mm -hmm. as well, because obviously I'm always talking about sex. Mm -hmm. Um, But my heart goes out to two incredibly awkward people trying Mm -hmm. to, you know, Mm because it's like, I mean, one of my dreams is that we somehow revolutionize sex ed in America because, and then that would take the weight off of couples or Mm -hmm. single parents that either don't have the time or don't have the skill set to do Mm -hmm. it. Like it should be in the hands of professionals, I think Mm -hmm. just like they do in the Netherlands, but because our system fights us here you just have it has to be in your hands sorry Mm -hmm. it's awkward sorry i'm not sorry that you have to talk to your kid about sex yeah lots of things are inconvenient about having children (laughs) yeah (laughs) um i'm curious too having like a 10 year old you know obviously i do remember my mom always came at me with after school specials from oprah Mm -hmm. which were actually amazing and i still remember those lessons Mm -hmm. and those were really about consent before anyone was using the word consent. Mm-hmm. It was just really being knowledgeable about what boundaries were. No one's allowed to touch you in this place. But, you know, there's such a rampant problem. And mm-hmm. there's, you know, so many cases. I think statistically it's much more common that it would be a relative or a close family friend that is harming your child in that way. Mm-hmm. So how do you have those conversations about predators and consent? Um, I think that it's, it's a really tricky one because I think that you don't want to, uh, you don't want to put this, a bunch of fear in your kid's head about the boogeyman. Yeah. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And there's always someone lurking and 
people are bad and men especially are bad. And gosh, I, I guess I try to shift the focus on, onto them. Okay. This is your body. Protect your body. Keep your body safe. Listen to your body. Mm-hmm. You know. It's a shame that we're so scared to talk to kids about pleasure mm-hmm. or teenagers about pleasure because mm-hmm. the opposite of that is pain or violation. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're doing a disservice when you can't recognize this part of your body is made for pleasure. The clitoris serves no other purpose except pleasure. Right. Then if you're feeling the opposite, if you're feeling pain, if you're feeling like someone is taking that over against Mm -hmm. your will, then you are, you know, that is immediately a red flag for you. Right. And that's all we talk about. We don't talk about pleasure at all. Because I think that, I mean, I would think about my adulthood, even I always call it my tramp age when... (laughs) I was saving myself for marriage. I got divorced and then I went wild because I did the pendulum swing from perfection mm-hmm. to like just letting it all go. Mm-hmm. And I had so little education. Me too hadn't happened yet. None of that. So like there was definitely a handful of situations where I wasn't feeling good or mm-hmm. I my body was being treated in a way that I didn't like, but I didn't have the words. I didn't have... Uh, first of all, I already felt so guilty about having sex or I felt like I was already doing something bad that if something bad happened to me in a bedroom, I was like, well, that's what you get for being mm-hmm. bad. It's right. kind of like comes right. with the territory, um, which I just think is awful. Like mm-hmm. if I take myself outside of myself, if that happened to a friend of mine, if mm-hmm. I heard a young woman saying that about her body, it would break my heart. I'd be like, no, 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 you don't deserve any of those things happening. Right. Because you think or perceive you're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if you are going against your code of morality, there's still never, ever a time where you would deserve to feel pain or you would deserve to be violated. Right. Ever, ever. Right. Um, but yeah, just realizing that I didn't know for so long that I deserved any sort of pleasure. So. Pain was always a part of the territory that you risked when yeah. you like opened yourself up in that way. Yeah. And that's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that's all we talk about is like the chance of, you know, being hurt, being raped, mm-hmm. you know, the shame of it. Yeah. No one ever talks to their young girls about orgasms. <laughs> Right. What the fuck? I know. <laughs> and I was thinking about my high school uh, class, too. First of all, they separated the boys from the girls, which is why I asked you if you immediately educated them on boy stuff, too, because mm-hmm. they taught the girls about girl things and the boys were in another room. And it's like, you know, I know there's a lot of people that aren't straight, but like be in- problematic. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it's like in general, a lot of our bodies statistically will be engaged with each other. Why on earth are the boys not here Mm -hmm. to learn about a clitoris, to Mm -hmm. learn? And even in church, too, I was thinking it's so infuriating that they teach you, no, 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 you're not allowed, not allowed. But one day you're going to wear a white dress and it's going to be the best experience Mm -hmm. you've ever had in your life. Meanwhile, they don't do education, education. So the man that that girl is marrying doesn't know what a clitoris is and doesn't mm-hmm. know that her pleasure is important. Mm-hmm. And it's like how, how badly we deserve to know about each other's bodies and how they work 
and how our own bodies work. Right. I'm so thankful that you're reminding me of this right now. <laughs> what? <laughs> just just the, just about teaching. Boy- well, because, you know, I have a boy for the first time. Right. So just the responsibility also of teaching him. First of all, what consent is, that's a whole new thing to me about having a boy because I'm so used to teaching my girls to, yeah, you know, protect themselves and... Right. Wait, let's do him last because yeah, yeah, I yeah. like that. We'll, that's a we'll, brand new thing. We'll get on with that later. I like it. <laughs> um, so I think this pertains to Cove, Maisie, and Arrow because none of them, you know, has had their first kiss or anything mm-hmm, like that mm-hmm. yet. Um, and we have something called... Pornhub mm-hmm. and just the internet in general. Mm-hmm. How do you navigate those conversations? Mm. Is that something you've had yet? Uh, yeah, you know, yes. I will say that uh, uh, I'm not perfect. Arrow's my middle child, and she's an extreme middle child. She's a 22 year old, really cool big sister who everyone wants to know like what is she doing with your life what do you you know what are you about who are you seeing what are your goals in life and then she has twin four and a half year olds who are just everybody's like oh my god the twins are so cute oh, yeah and then she's just like i'm 10 <laughs> i don't know i'm in the middle and so i really have to it, it just takes a lot more effort with her for me to as a busy working mom of mm-hmm. all the children and we have and the goats and the goats <laughs> yeah all that th- all that stuff um to pay attention because arrow is it didn't have a screen time kid with kayla right now arrow mm-hmm. is the screen time kid and i remember when you know she was little one and two years old us like oh great we can sit her on the bed with a laptop and put a movie on with for her so we can do the dishes or have sex or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is fucking great. <laughs> and now, you know, it's like, yeah, you you battle with all the access you give them. And um, I, I do my best in trying to talk about that. We talk about what's appropriate, what's inappropriate, why it's inappropriate, mostly just because of age. At some age, it's just like. Well, Arrow just asked for my YouTube. Yeah. Because she got so yeah. excited that exactly. I'm a YouTuber. Exactly. And you said, yes, you can watch it, but you're watching it with me. Yes. So I'm assuming there's already been a conversation about what she can, what she, what you need to be there for. Yes. Which is. How do you articulate that? God, it's usually just anything involving anything sexual. However, I will say that she, I didn't really know. And this is on me because of my just being a busy mom. That's my, you know, excuse, I guess. Um. But Kate actually informed me that she had been watching, like, the whole series of Riverdale. Uh-huh. So I just found that out recently. <laughs> Which I haven't addressed yet because it's 4th of July and we're busy. <laughs> but basically, yeah. you know, like, they're just doing stuff. And yeah. I mean, at one point we X'd her out from YouTube. And I was like, you're done. You don't get YouTube anymore. And we had the parental controls. And then my dad gave her a Kindle, which I don't know how to work because it's not an iPad no idea i don't even know how to turn the thing on yeah so i don't know how to do the parental controls so of course she just you know breezed on in yeah yeah of course she's back on youtube and then i kind of was like yeah i'm tired don't want to have that fight anymore yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah and you have access and i guess um at this point um i have 
I, for the most part, trust her on what she deems appropriate for herself. Yeah. Well, that that's an amazing point, too. To How do you instill trust in your kids? Or even, like, I think this might come down to your own personal accountability. If you know you can't police what they're watching constantly, you're not going to be able to be there for everything, how do you enforce in them some sort of personal instincts of like knowing when they're crossing the line and knowing that they don't want to expose themselves as an independent choice to certain materials and Mm -hmm. you know I think like I said before just talk 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 until you're blue in the face lots Mm -hmm. of conversations lots of conversations and a lot of what I've said to Arrow is you know recently in her age now is that um the wrong place to get information is from your friends okay because, That's a good thing to say. Yeah, yeah, and also that it's she does not get to talk to her friends because it has happened. She's had slip-ups, and I'm like, hey, it's not your job to educate your friends. Well, Because mm. I don't know what their parents want to teach their kids about sex. Right. You know, you do you. I don't want my kid, you know, the telephone game because who knows what Arrow would say. <laughs> who knows what her friends would say to her. So, yeah, yeah like I don't want you learning about this from your friends and I don't want you learning about it from TV. Mm-hmm. So it may be a conversation starter, what you talked about with your friend or what you saw on YouTube or a series. Um and that's okay because they're going to be exposed to shit. Yeah. You know, so it's okay. But also, like, then I need it. Yeah. Would I like her to not have ever seen Riverdale? Sure. Yeah. She's 10. She doesn't need to watch that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, could I turn that then into a talking point? Yeah. Definitely. There's the positive outlook. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was definitely exposed to things younger that, that were traumatizing or whatever. And I don't think yeah. I wasn't my parents' fault, but I don't think I knew to talk to them about certain right, things. Right, right. And I think at the end of the day, I was day, very that's... impacted by violence, actually, mm. more so than sex. Mm-hmm. I found those kinds of things traumatizing. Mm-hmm. But also, um, one of my friends has a eight-year-old boy, mm-hmm. and he ended up seeing a gangbang on mm. Pornhub. And when oh she investigated to figure it out, it was because his friend typed in boobs and like one of the first things that comes up is all of these hardcore pornography sites and if you look at the front page of pornography sites it's not like pizza man coming over and doing Mm -hmm. missionary Mm -hmm. you know and leaving it is gaping buttholes and like all the really violent what category do you want we have it all yeah Mm -hmm. and it's it's like page one Mm -hmm. i almost wish (laughs) We could police them a little bit and be like, can you just make your page one appropriate for like anyone to see? And then you have to, I mean, you don't even have to sign in for access. Well, and that's what's crazy with YouTube, even at the very least, although anyone could just push the button. Right. But you have to say like, I'm 18 on Instagram. Yeah. That's like, this is sensitive material. I don't think you have to do that with the porn sites. No, you don't. It's so, that's so bad. It's, it's just free access to all. Yeah. And then just imagine, um, <laughs> now we can go to Cove. It's mm-hmm. like, I mean, what? like, let's play with worst case scenario. What if mm-hmm. at eight years old, you found out that he was exposed to that at a friend's house? How do you do mm-hmm. handle that? 
I don't know because that's across the bridge when you come to it kind of thing. Yeah. What kind of kid is he going to be? What kind of experiences has he had? I mean, I just don't think there's one right answer. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, I think that would be devastating. Yeah. And I would hope that I would have already had some of those conversations leading up to eight years old. I guess that's the ideal situation. Well, you will. And, and I think I will. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just, yeah, it's earlier and earlier. I mean, I'm already talking to these four and a half year olds about way more than I ever did with the big girls. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like yeah. what? Just, I mean, I've been talking about Maisie about pleasure and, <laughs> you know, her vagina because she can't keep her hands off of it. Right. Since, I don't even know. Maybe a year old. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's just, she's just that kid. I haven't, you know, the other girls weren't like that. And Maisie just, that's, it's like, you know, a kid that like rubs their ear has like a blankie. Yeah. That's Maisie with her vagina. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's a thing. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And it's great. And I'm like, that's great. You do you. But, you know, just kind of go in a bedroom mm-hmm. or, you know. You know, there's a space for that. Right. And I'll give you space for that. But we also need to talk about it. Um, I do kind of want to scare any parents listening into, like, just reminding them, like, let my friend's story be a warning. Because someone like you, even though you might be challenging certain people's sensibilities, like, some people might listen to our conversation and be like, no, I could never. Or no, Mm -hmm. that is inappropriate. But, like, you really do have to look at the world that we live in and be realistic Mm -hmm. and... If your child doesn't have access to you, they have access to a bunch of other right. things. Right, right, And right. if you can type in boobs and get to a gangbang immediately, That's I think she so said terrifying. they were like in the room by themselves for like, you know, five minutes. Right. She had like a little tent on her floor yeah. and they had, she just thought they were watching movies and she heard them like giggling and then, you know, and she looked and that's what was going on. So it's like, and then to top it off, not to throw her under the bus, but she hadn't had any of the conversations that you're telling me you have. So there was no foundation built for him. That must've just been completely out of the blue. And then for her, it's like, okay, now you're, now you have to tell him what a penis is starting there. Right. (laughs) You know, like I said, unless you're locking your kids up in a closet, like you can't prevent them from being exposed to things that you aren't ready for them to be exposed for. Yeah, and that they're not ready. And that they're not ready to be Mm -hmm. exposed to. And so, but, you know, the only, yeah, the only thing you have in your arsenal is that, um, that they have you as a, as a contact. So, yeah, porn is going to be an issue at Mm -hmm. some point. And hypothetically, I know you said you'll get there when you get there, Mm -hmm. but, like, how hypothetically do you think you would navigate that? Because I would think, as a parent, I'd be so worried about you know them seeing images or representations of interactions Mm -hmm. that are so harmful in real life Mm -hmm. like I it's okay to be kinky for example Mm -hmm. that's a whole nother you know story but like unless your kink is being tied up and you're you know if it's not and you're watching Mm -hmm. porn of girls being tied up like I don't know how would you help them navigate what they're exposing themselves to at that stage. Um, I think that it is, I think it's all about self-respect and respect for the other person. 
Mm-hmm. And so you have to give consent and you also have to get consent. And so there's just certain things you're not going to be ready for yeah. and, until a certain age, right? Like, mm-hmm. because the, 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 the chances of those two happening, you know, that you are give consent and that you get consent on something that isn't like the kink field at a young age is just, I mean, yeah, probably zero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, I think that that's where it starts. Or that's when I like to say enthusiastic consent. I mm-hmm. love when people say that because yeah. that's also not just in a hypothetical cove, like, you know, convincing a girlfriend right. to be tied up. It's like, no, she's enthusiastically like, yes, into it. That sounds it. awesome. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah definitely. Um, yeah, I think it'll be really interesting with Cove. I'm thankful that he has, you know, three sisters to grow up, you know, hopefully respecting and being concerned and being exposed to their, you know, their emotions and their experiences and their hormones and, you Mm -hmm. know, all of that stuff. So that's all, those are all tools. Um, but yeah, I just you know I never I never I don't know I just this is going to be the first time because I've always taught my girls like okay don't let anybody touch you in the right in the wrong way don't let anything you know don't talk to strangers I mean we just we just teach our daughters to fear men yeah and protect themselves against men Mm -hmm. and protect their bodies against men and it's I just never thought that I would have to teach a boy slash man to not hurt a woman. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Well, so. he also needs the same conversations about protecting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Against men, statistically. Yes. Oh, yeah. Not to th- totally throw them under their bus. There definitely are it, female just predators. Statistically. Yeah. 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 So he will have the protect his own body, but you're right. That's an also a new conversation. Yeah. You need to protect. Yeah. And I, I think you're cheating again because, like you said, you have three daughters. <laughs> I mean, I do think that will be helpful. Yeah. I do. Mm-hmm. I do. I think that, I mean, my husband was raised with women, and that's part of the reason. That's his part of his, a huge part of his nurture about why he's, you know, so respectful and so good with having the girls. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I love, I love that about Cove because I hope that that's similar. Yeah. You know, I hope that he carries some of that out, that he's just around women. He just inherently gets it. That's awesome. Yeah, totally. Um, In conclusion, I think I'd ask, what would you consider a success at the end of the road after Cove leaves and he's, let's say, 25 and, and they've all come out of the nest with their sex education? What would you like to see? I like to think that they had like gotten from you. I think the fact that Kata said to me the other night, because she will criticize me. <laughs> and she will tell me about all the things that I didn't do right. And she'll tell me <laughs> mostly about all the things I'm not doing right with Arrow. But she also has said that she has zero regrets, which is, you know, kind of an interesting way to put it, but just about the way that she was raised. So I think my idea of parental success as far as, you know, sex ed would be that the other kids grew up to say like you know, I don't have any regrets, mm. you know, and that I always had the option to talk to you. And, you know, I mean, if they're talking 
to me about it then when they're all out of the house and out of the nest, then like check. Yeah. That's success, right? That's if we awesome. even have that conversation. Yeah. At all. You know, which Kate and I still have. We were talking about boys tonight. You know. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I think that's success, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. I hope that I get to continue talking to them about it. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. That was awesome. <laughs> we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. God bless.
one ever talks to their young girls about orgasms. Right. <laughs> what the fuck? I know. <laughs> it's like, in general, yeah. a lot of our bodies statistically will be engaged with each other. Why on earth are the boys not here mm-hmm. to learn about a clitoris? Even in church, too, I was thinking it's so infuriating that they teach you, no, 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 you're not allowed, not allowed. But one day you're going to wear a white dress and it's going to be the best experience Mm -hmm. you've ever had in your life. Meanwhile, they don't do education, education. So the man that that girl is marrying doesn't know what a clitoris is and doesn't Mm -hmm. know that her pleasure is important. Mm -hmm. And it's like how, how badly we deserve to know about each other's bodies and how they work. And how our own bodies work. 